Hey guys, welcome into another episode of the Happy Haven Podcast. Uh, today we had Chip Reese, a new comic book creator, such a cool project. Um, don't want to spoil it, I'll let him explain it because the project is just absolutely beautiful. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy guys. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm okay. <clears throat> awesome. Sorry for the delay. We had a um, uh, the weatherman all week said uh, in Atlanta the ground's not cold enough for anything to stick and it'll just be a, a flurry or a dusting of maybe an inch and five inches later. Uh, huh. <laughs> they, they, they called nice. it way wrong. So it's been a crazy weekend. <laughs> so everything's been getting done from behind that. So I do apologize for being late for a couple minutes. No, that's all good. No worries. So how is that? How, how's winter shaping up for you out there so far? Uh, it's been pretty quiet. In fact, these last couple of days have been... Probably the first real cold days we've had. They're in the teens, but then today it's back up in the 60s. <laughs> so, oh, I can't stand that yo-yo. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how we always do it here in Kansas. But this winter has been super, super mild. Well, I guess it's not technically winter yet, but... I know what you mean, though. Yeah. So where and our snow is sad. We've I like snow. Um, I, do I don't think we've had a significant snow for like three years now. Well, I'm originally a Massachusetts boy up uh, Pete Samedi's way, and ah. so yeah. Anytime, I mean this. I mean it's it's really early in the year for us to even have cold weather yet down here, uh-huh. and getting three to five inches drop. I mean it's magical to me. So I've been in heaven with this. Everybody else is like, buy all the milk and bread, and I'm like, no, <laughs> turn on the fireplace and just relax. Go outside and play yeah. with the kids. That's great. <clears throat> so I used to live in Kansas. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, when I got out of the when I got out of the army years and fifty pounds ago, um, I didn't really want to go back to Massachusetts because I'd had uh-huh. a taste that there's more out there. And um, I had a cousin who, God rest his hippie soul, has done Renaissance festivals. I think since the late nineties. Uh-huh. And he asked me if I wanted to go with him. And I said, yeah, but I'm not dressing up and I'm not talking and, that, you know, because I was a serious man. And uh-huh. uh, <laughs> now I was just a super self-conscious young man. And um, I think I started out, we left Rhode Island and went to Arizona. And apparently you can do it all year long because there are shows that stagger all year long. Mm-hmm. And I ended up one of the shows I did, and I've always wanted to go back because I ended up falling in love with the place. But um, my wife's a born and bred Georgia girl, and she does not want to leave, and I don't blame her. Um, it was in Bonner Springs. Oh yeah, near the Sand Sandstone Amphitheater, Red Sand Sandstone, I think. At least that's what it was called a long time ago. Okay, and it was right near Lawrence, Kansas, and. 
Lawrence, Kansas was like the coolest little punk rock town. I think KCU is there. And um, first record store I went into, because they still had those then, um, the guys behind the counter were arguing on who was more of a pioneer in punk rock, Johnny Rotten or... Um, I forget the other guy. It may have been one of the Ramones or... Um, no, it was uh, Ian from Minor Threat. Like, who was more... Da, 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 and I picked Ian McCullough and... <clears throat> and McCallum, I think. And they gave me, like, a stack of CDs for making a good choice. And then I found out that Downset and Soulfly were playing a show, like, right across the street for, like, ten bucks. So I bought tickets from them. And oh. Yeah, I loved it. I loved that part of Kansas. Um, I know it was right kind of almost on the border. You could get to either Kansas City pretty quickly from there. Uh huh. But, yeah, I loved it. I showed up. You guys were having a heat wave. It was September, and it was over 100 degrees. I believe it. And then in less than two months when we were packing up and leaving the show, it was, like, freezing out. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> But that's my Kansas story. <laughs> but I, nice. just, I did love it out there. I was I was born in Kansas, grew up in a small town, um, and then I left the state for college, and then ended up coming back after getting married. And that's how now I'm back in Wichita, Kansas. <clears throat> I don't think I made it out to Wichita. I think everything was either Bonner Springs, Lawrence, and then there were people who did the Renaissance Festival who lived in St. Joseph, Missouri. Uh-huh. I just remember everybody always talked about, oh, we're going to St. Joe, we're going to St. Joe, so that's... My experience was limited to that. Gotcha. But, anyway, people I'm sure are listening like, oh, God, he's just going to drone again. Um, <laughs> talking about me, not about you. So, today on the show, I am talking to uh, Chip Reese. And he has made one of the coolest projects that's caught my eye in a long time. So I'm actually going to shut up and hand it over to him. And he can talk about the book and its origin. And then we'll go from there. So um, talk about your amazing book that caught my attention. Sure. Well, the book's called Metaphase. It's a superhero graphic novel, all ages, um, about a superhero with Down syndrome. And it's inspired by my son, who, when I started developing it, I found out uh, he would have Down syndrome <clears throat> before we, we had him. Well, uh, so we, we spent that first year in and out of the hospital, a total of seven months. And uh, he went through a few heart surgeries. He's got a tracheotomy. He's got a G-tube, um, some little minor stuff he's done. And through that year... I. Coming into that, I was already a huge comic book fan and uh, was curious after finding out my son would have Down syndrome if there was any prominent characters that existed in comics that had Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find anything at all at the time. So I had a thought that maybe I would give it a shot, do a little thing. Uh, mostly my... my Ambition was just to do it for like family and friends. Didn't really have any huge um, 
I guess, ideas as far as pitching it or anything like that. <clears throat> but uh, came up with this little 10-page story. It was kind of a bookend. They were just bookends, like beginning and end kind of a deal. Yeah. And got a hold of an artist, Kelly Williams. He's awesome. Um, got to know his work through a Kickstarter I backed and was promoting through a website called StashMyComics.com. Uh, he was on board, and then I started asking questions on Twitter about how to go about printing and stuff because I was I had no idea what I was doing at the time. <laughs> and uh, Peter Sametti with Alterna Comics responded to that and just asked me to email him my questions. And from that, he asked me just a little one-sentence pitch about what I was doing, and he wanted to take it on, uh, but he wanted me to flesh out the story and make it a full-blown graphic novel. And so that's where the full book was born. And that's going back, uh, I guess I started writing it um, late 2011, and then that probably came together around 2012, uh, as far as connecting the dots, and then we released that little ten-page story as a um, free comic on Comixology, kind of cor- correlating with Free Comic Book Day. And then in 2015, in the summer, we released the full book. Oh wow! <clears throat> That's amazing how it comes together. I had um, Peter on. Months ago, um, I'm still in my first year of doing a show. I'm coming up uh-huh. on, you know, almost a, a full year. But I had him on months ago, and I'm telling you, there was something about him. There's, there's, there's a reason why I, I had him on. I love his business model, and I love what they do there. And then seeing him attached to bringing your project out, where everybody has a chance to have it, I just. I definitely was like, yeah, I knew I liked that guy for a reason. <laughs> and then um, I definitely wanted to reach out and and talk to you about it. So it's it's a graphic novel that is completely available now, has been available? Yeah, it's, uh, you can get it on Comixology, uh, digitally, Amazon. Um, it is currently sold out on Amazon and everywhere. I sent my last copies last week to the distributor to fill in as many orders as we could. Um, We just sent out for a new printing of the book and hope to have that turn around in the next couple weeks and fill all those orders on Amazon and whatnot. So for people listening, if you want to get a hold of it, you will get it eventually if you'll order on Amazon and it'll come as soon as the books arrive. Wow, so it's sold out. Yeah, it's it's been a little bonkers um, the last couple of weeks. I don't just really picked up with the media, and uh, the response has been awesome. But that's that initial run of initial initially what we printed was fifteen hundred copies. So that's fifteen hundred copies sold. Jeez, Louise. So how old how old is your son now? He's seven. He's seven. No. Oh. Yeah, so it's been a while since I if we go back to when I developed the book. He was a little over a year old when I was starting to put together. So, yeah, now we're now we're seven and we're in second grade. Is he is he a fan of the book? Has he read it? Does he know 
what that that you did it really for him, and now it's a thing that other people will enjoy, or it, for the, this year is kind of the first time that he's connected that uh, he's more he's able to see himself more in things like if he'll find himself in a picture and he realizes it's him or oh, kind of wow. realizes representation. So I've read I read the book to him off and on, um, and I will say in general he loves books. He doesn't care what book it is. I wouldn't say he likes he likes Metaphase more than he likes Little Blue Truck. Um, he really <laughs> likes any book. But he this time around when we did read it, I was showing the picture in the back. It's him, uh, him and I uh, together in the biography section. And uh, after that, he kept for the character in the book, which I named Ollie, so that makes it easy too for him to identify. Yeah, uh, he's pointing at the character, and he points at himself every time. Oh, jeez, uh, the character. So that was pretty special this year to see that. Um, but like I said, it's really the first time I think he's gotten that. Um, and I should say, uh, for for those of you listening in, he's nonverbal, so he can't just flat out, straight up tell me stuff. Um, kind of, it's all hand. He he does some sign, about fifty plus signs. Um, so. That's how we communicate mostly. <clears throat> oh man, but you, but you can see it on his face though, right? Like, oh yeah, oh that's awesome. Yeah, it really, a, I mean, it really is. I'm not, I'm not going to be corny about it. That's absolutely amazing. That is so cool. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, I remember um, when I was younger, my mom. She is a pair pro teacher now. Uh-huh. In Massachusetts, but she, um, when I was a kid, um, she actually worked at facilities where people could, like, halfway be on their own. They weren't in, and you know, you're talking 80s and 90s, so we're leaps and bounds above the, the quality of life now than, than it was then. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I grew up. You know, with my mom taking me to work and being around adults and children. Um, That's awesome. And yeah, so I've always had a soft spot for that. And I mean, your project was just, I told my mom about it and she was like, oh man, if only, you know, they had more geared like that, you know. And because it just made me think of, 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 you know, going to work with her and, being around like some of the like honestly like the best people I've ever met, um, yeah, you know, and, and seeing them in their challenges, which I won't, you know, I, I I witnessed as a kid. I couldn't really be in it, but seeing their challenges and seeing people with love and patience deal with their challenges, but seeing how most of their life is complete joy, um, mm. really had an impact on me. So, you know, I I just. This Metaphase project hit me on a, I guess, a different level than just an avid comic book reader. You know, I mean, I've been a comic book fan since forever, but you know, this is one of those projects I stumbled on and bought on Comicsology while we were talking because you said it was available on that. Well, um, thanks. No, I mean, I really did. <laughs> um, I was actually going to ask how to get it, and I have the Comicsology app on my tablet. So while you were talking, I was buying it as you were talking, but, um, yeah, it's, you know, they, they talk about the, the need for more diversity in comic books, and I think 
a lot of a lot of the bigger companies they go the wrong way um, and think well what are you know what are a lot of the political voices you know on the internet saying we need for diversity and I, I don't see a lot of real um, diversity being put in comics I see a lot of beloved characters getting retconned which just starts these dumpster fire fights between diehard comic fans and social justice warriors where nobody loves the book as much as that person does and everybody can go die in a fire if they don't like this or you know and mm -hmm. so so to see an a, a book that's actually a real approach at a different type of superhero that that we're used to you know that's real diversity to me and and I think it's much needed on the market and I'm so glad that it's already been warmly received for you, honestly. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I will say to, you know, other publishers trying to improve diversity and all that, I think, I think that's a cool thing. Um, I think it's a necessary thing. I think it's great. Um, but I will say, in, in the area of disability, um, whatever form that might take. Right. I, I almost think that for that to have a big impact, it does maybe need to come from somebody who has experience with it or who's living it. Um, I think it does mean a lot more that way. Um, and Most definitely. I don't know. It, it probably, too, most people aren't going to be dealing with the stuff that you're talking about, the drama, uh, you know, changing characters and all that. I, I think that's unavoidable when it comes to publishers with years and years of history right. behind characters and stuff, there's, yeah, there's always going to be a fight there. But see, that's, that's the beauty of, 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 instead of just answering your questions, of Pete actually saying, well, let's make it a real thing for people. You know, that's, that's what I mean. If, if, if the publishers are looking for, for real new stories to tell, um, you know, what what you took from your own experience and, and this thing you created out of it, that's what they need to be looking for. You know, and, and, and not just your one experience, but, like, that's the stuff. If you really want to tell different types of stories, look for stuff like that. And, and I like what you said about it needing to be somebody actually going through it because experience breeds sincerity, and sincerity is important, I think, to a lot of people who want to actually really read stories. Yeah. Who aren't just like, oh, that's that really cool movie, or oh, that's the guys from this TV show for, you know, the bulk of the real comic book fandoms, the ones that actually really read it and do read it for the stories and get involved. I think someone like you bringing a story like that, there, there's, there's, there's sincerity in it, and, I, and it connects with the audience better than just trying to click off some some boxes. And, and my initial opinion wasn't that I'm against the diversity. It's that I don't think they're doing it the right way. Uh -huh. you, know, you, you know what I mean? Like, everybody deserves to have a story told. But, you know, stuff like what, what, what you've done, I think, needs to be the real diversity coming into the community if that's what everybody is clamoring for. Then let's find real and original, you know, diverse stories to tell and enjoy those. Right. So. Yeah. 
don't know. Sometimes I think too much for my own good. <laughs> so, but but you said you were always a comic book fan. Um, yeah. I mean, how far back does that go? I mean, really, as far back as I can remember, like going to the convenience store and picking up some Spider-Man or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, we had a dime store in my hometown, small town, called Ben Franklin. Um, so we'd go down there and pick up comic books every now and then. So, yeah, I, I've been reading as far back as I can remember. Um, my tastes in comics have changed over time. Like, of course, I was really into superhero stuff and following the Marvel and the DC, but I feel like when I got closer to making Metaphase... Um, I really started opening up to a lot of different types of books. Like, I don't have any one genre that I follow anymore. Um, I just, I guess I just like all comics. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, you know, I, I, people can go back and listen on other episodes. Um, I was the same way. I mean, it was all superheroes and, you know, Transformers comics were out and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and... Uh-huh. And then it got into, you know, now that I'm older, I've picked up stuff like Fables and Lock and Key and, um, oh, what was the, it was a Brubaker book. That just, I think I've got, I think it's something with Shotgun in the title. <laughs> or sorry, <laughs> or it, it, it's, it's, uh, he's only put out a couple little volumes of it. And I've okay. got them downstairs, but I can't think of the title. But yeah, I've started getting away from just superhero books and getting more into um, more story-based. Like, I, I mean, I didn't even know Fables existed uh, until I a friend said, you got to play this game called A Wolf Among Us. And um, I downloaded it and ended up falling in love with this five-part game that you had to buy each episode for or buy the season or whatever. And I started reading fables, and man, there were like 20 volumes to read when I first started. And I ended up loving that, and it's this really weird, super grown-up take on every fairy tale we were told as kids. Uh-huh. And it, it's really good and really different. So, yeah, my, my taste definitely changed, too. But I think they, they need to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, there's way more out there to experience if you will actually allow yourself to branch out from what you what you normally participate in, I think, in anything. Yeah, I agree. So, is there, um, I was going to say, is there more uh, on the horizon with, with, uh, going forward with, with Alterna? Are you going to do more Metaphase books? Um, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a plan to do that. Uh, I haven't been super speedy about it, partly for money reasons and the other for time. Uh, my wife, my wife's in school full time right now, and so that means when I'm not working, I work the normal 40-hour week job. Yep. Uh, when I get home, it's me and Ollie, so that my wife can actually focus on stuff. So, yeah, I just decided to kind of pull away from that so I wasn't just getting frustrated <laughs> trying to lock or get, actually produce uh, some work with that. So um, I got gotcha. hoping next summer that we will 
be a little bit more full blown into it. Um, I'm hoping with all the recent attention that it's getting that we might actually make enough money to maybe be able to fund creating the book rather than using Kickstarter. Uh, that would be amazing. Oh, you mean like self-fund it without needing a a campaign or? Yeah, that would be. Well, definitely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's there. There are plans for more, definitely, and it'll still be with Alterna. So have you have you gotten any feedback from um, anybody that either has you know what what your son has or or is raising a child um, with with the same things that, that, that you went through with Ollie and, and yeah. 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 I've, a lot of people have reached out just whether that's just to be like, Hey, this is so cool. And you know, I finally have a comic book for my kiddo or, um, it was just a few weeks ago. Somebody contacted, asked, trying to get a hold of a book. Um, they asked if I could send them one directly, but they pretty much are going through almost the same exact thing that we went through with heart issues and being in and out of the hospital. So, um, yeah, I'm hearing from a lot of people who can relate to some of the stuff of the book, or at least with Ollie's story. Anyways, um, so yeah, it's it's been the feedback's been great, the response has been great. Can't say I, I guess I've been lucky. Um, I haven't heard anything terrible yet. But yeah, I don't. You know, social media can be ugly, but I don't think there's. I would hope that there's not a human being that thinks that the anonymity of a computer screen would allow them to be that much of a... <laughs> well, no, I've, I have caught a few uh, messages on, like, uh, you know, some place that posted something about it, you know, somebody with some really horrible comment, but I don't really take that personally or anything. Um, right. It's just somebody being stupid. That's just how I look at it. Yeah, I mean that's that's unfortunate. I mean it's, it's you know yeah. I, I mean I know you wrote it from a personal level, but uh, you know I mean I'm sure it means means a lot to people. So I mean the fact that there's always going to be one you know turd in the punch bowl it gets <laughs> gets kind of old. Yeah. Know? You know, and I think I swear it. I I think people do stuff like that because they'll never have to say it to your face. Oh, uh, I, yeah. I think that's that's a huge part of our culture today. Where, you know, I mean, how amazing it is that you had questions on printing and you had questions on this, so you were able to get on social media and link up, and now, you know, you've got a published graphic novel and you've got all this happening with it, but at the same time. You know, for how amazing it is for me to almost a year ago get on Twitter and be like, I, I, I think I could do some of these, you know, some of the stuff that I hear for the podcast that I follow. I think I could do that. And then being able to build a show out of it. That's the that, that's the great part about where we at with social media. Yeah. Fortunately, it's that, you know, it also lets in what I call those people. At the same time, that you have to deal with. So, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, but, you know, I mean, really, honestly, thank God for it because it affords the opportunities it does, you know, especially for you. I mean, I just put out a 
podcast, you've actually put out a real thing into the world that people can can enjoy and be inspired by. <laughs> well, what you do is important too because it's it's getting the word out on stuff like this. So without we all have to work together to make the thing work. Right. right. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I've I've tried. I, I learning how to write in the comic book format has been. Um, an adjustment for me this year. Um, uh-huh. You know, doing the show, I've met up, you know, gotten to know some artists and some writers, and they, I've gotten some notes on how to write in the comic book style, and it, it's, it flummoxes me. I've always written short stories, and you know, written, I was in bands, so I know how to write songs and that and that. But, I mean, you almost have to write like you're writing a screenplay. Yeah, it really is like that. But then, um, you know, they start going, well, how many panels do you want? How many this? Do you want this? Um, how many panels per page? How many pages? Do you? And I'm like, what? No, I just I just want to tell you a story. And then you draw it. <laughs> Make it pretty. <laughs> They're like, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think a big part of the success of any book, especially for someone like me who had no clue what he was doing, is having a good team around you. Uh, I really lucked out with having Kelly and Peter both, uh, two experienced, very experienced guys who I could ask questions who never made me feel stupid, (laughs) who would, you know, and at the same time, I was very open to getting feedback, very open to hearing what they had to say about stuff. So I think that helps. Um, listening, not thinking that you have all the answers or that anything needs to be one specific way. Um, but yeah, my team, my team is, was huge with this book. It's, it wouldn't be what it is without those guys. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. It, it wouldn't be, it just wouldn't be what it is. No. Yeah, I understand. Totally what, totally what you're saying on that. Um, I mean, the the advice I've gotten has been definitely given with with grace and patience, and you know, hopefully, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, but but like you, I mean, I've got I've got two girls, and my wife works forty hours. I work a forty hour a week job where I'm sometimes requires travel and you know like this week i'm going to south carolina and i won't be home uh for a couple nights so it's you know getting everything down while you're also having to live a normal life um can get the 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 juggling can get a little difficult um some (laughs) sometimes yeah see and i'm i'm just a very distracted person so when i'm when we're busy and I'm trying to, you know, I'm sure some people can write around having a kid running around or, you know, different things happening, but I just, I'm not wired that way. I get way too easily distracted. I need to have my own clear thinking time, I guess, to put something down and for it to make sense. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like the dog from Up, so, uh-huh. you know, in the <clears throat> middle of a sentence and then squirrel, and so and and of course you know my 11 year old she's she's like my best friend so whenever she sees me it's hey daddy hey daddy hey daddy hey daddy and I, I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world 
Right. But, yeah, it definitely takes away from, I'm sure, as, as you can understand, having a seven-year-old is, is uh, they become far more important far quicker than prioritizing, you know, quiet time. Uh-huh. I mean, I'd, I'd rather spend time with them that I won't get back than, you know, shush, <laughs> daddy's got a thing to do. I'm already at work 40 hours a week, so. Right. You know. So I, I understand to a point what, what what are you talking about? Definitely. Um, I mean, I barely have time to to read comics at this point in my life. I mean, I'm, you know, just past mid thirties, looking at thirty seven, and now I've got all the resources to do all the things I want. And now the one resource I'm low on is time. Uh huh. You know, like I can go down to the comic book store and buy five graphic novels if I wanted to. I get to read about one of them, but I have the resources to buy five. I just don't have the time, you know. Yep. So, you know, I've I've got video games, and I don't have to ask permission or allowance to rent or buy a new one. But I can buy it, take it home, and then I can play it in these tiny little chunks. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it goes for me too. It's a con job. We get told all everything gets so much more awesome when you grow up. And now you just get to buy all the things that your kids want, and you don't have the time to enjoy them. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but, I mean, are there any other books other than Metaphase you were, you were thinking about working on? Or, you know, like you said, with timing and everything else, it's more... Yeah. Um, just looking at continuing this one story. Well, really, what I'll put my focus is in coming up is just this sequel to Metaphase. But, yeah, I have some other ideas for stuff. Um, I've also done a few short stories for some anthologies. Um, nice. I did one for If with another local art or a local artist in Wichita. That was the first If anthology with Alterna. Um, I did a anti-bullying anthology with Greyhaven. Uh, and that was another little three-page story with a character with Down syndrome. That's awesome. That, that one's more of a slice-of-life kind of story, kind of dealing with bullying. Um, and then I did, a, I guess the most off-the-wall thing I did was with, also with Greyhaven, it was a like a kid-friendly kaiju stories. Nice. Yeah, can't go wrong with kaiju, but... Yeah, if anyone's looking to give a crack at writing, uh, anthology stories are a good way to do it. Kind of do little short stories and kind of get used to how that works. I know I I worked backwards. I did Metaphase first, and of course it took me a long time because of the fact it was the first thing I did. But uh, then I did some short stories. Actually, I think it was Kelly that suggested that, uh, just kind of help get better, or get more comfortable, or, or make it easier. Which I'll, I'll say it's still not easy, but um, it did help, though. I, I enjoyed doing yeah, stories. Yeah, kind of gives you something to cut your teeth on. Yes. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Like. I've never thought about going that route, eating myself. I've always, I always write and then keep it to myself, and I'm like, well, you know, someday I'll turn it into a huge novel-sized thing, and then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you 
And you get busy, and then you end up starting a whole new story. So, you, I mean, I have, like, it drives my wife nuts because, um, you know, she'll see me start writing. And she's like, oh, are you finishing? And I just kind of look at her like, no, it's a new thing. And she, she just looks at me like, finish one of them. Finish one of them and then see what that does. And I like, look at her like, you don't understand. I am pulled in 18 directions and I haven't tried to fit, pick up this, the last story I was writing for like three months. I don't even know where it was at. Like I had that, that headspace that I was in when I wrote it was gone. So she showed me one of my Christmas presents early this year. She got me a um, one of those really nice like digital recorders. Uh-huh. And she's like, you're going to talk into this thing because it has this size hard drive in it, and you're going to talk into it until you tell a complete story. Then you're going to take that, you're going to download it into your computer, you're going to put your headphones on, and you're going to write a complete story for once. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Right. So, yeah, I mean, she's looking out for me, but she, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. She's like, I bought you a recorder. You can't say, well, you know, I ran out of steam on this, or I put it down, so I just started a new one because I didn't know where I was. So I might actually try a short story format. I mean, I have these grand ambitions, and then I forget that I'm not Stephen King. I haven't made book writing money where I can tell people to leave me alone for six months and bang out a, you know. I will be in one of my stores, you know, the next day for eight to ten hours plus drive time. So I can't just make the world go away for a little bit. Right. You know. It's the, the nice thing about doing short stories is, it, at least for me, it's less overwhelming, you know, thinking about how long is this going to take me, you know, how many times are we going to have to edit it, go back through it. So short story, you could probably pump out something over a weekend, you know, if we're talking like a three-page three story. And then, you know, of course, it goes through a few modifications, but it's not it's not at all overwhelming. <clears throat> And just kind of gives you some experience with, like you said, the comic script is kind of strange when you're not used to doing that. Mm -hmm. I'll be getting used to how that's formatted and organized. <clears throat> so, do you got? Um, do you guys have any uh, have any movie franchises or shows that y'all love to watch together? Um, well, Stranger Things, which I think 95% of everybody watched. Um, yes. That was good stuff. Um, my wife and I like the British Baking Show. <laughs> uh -huh. it, there's just something, like, super calming about it and happy, and sometimes we just need that calm, um, so that's nice to watch. Um, otherwise, we do we watch a lot of movies together, uh, more older movies, classic stuff. Uh, we like noir movies. Uh, we just watched uh, Night of the Hunter last night, which is oh, a good movie. A noir, uh, super creepy. The the uh, gosh, I'm blanking out on the actor right now, but. Uh, yeah, I am too, actually. Mitchum. Robert Mitchum. Mitchum. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. But yeah, anything anything classic, old, doesn't have to be noir. Uh, we'll, we watch it. We have a pretty huge collection here at the house. <clears throat> have you seen Metropolis? 
Uh, no, actually. For a really, for a very old but very forward-thinking piece of movie where you're just like, wow, that's some crazy thinking for the time period it was made. Uh-huh. It's funny, I actually own that. I have it. We just never have watched it. <laughs> well, there's multiple cuts of it, too. Um, I think there's one that's the... It's it's like the one that was available. Then the, uh, apparently they found um, some of the actual reel-to-reel um, of it, and they were able to restore most of it. Some of it had degraded, of course. But I think they were able to do like almost a three-hour cut of it, which was a significant lengthening over what everybody had been able to watch up to that point. And I know I watched that. They had it on Netflix for a little while. They had both versions on Netflix for a little while. Um, but now I think I have it on Plex. Me and my friends have our Plex accounts are all synced up together. So every bit of music and TV show and movie that we all have digitally, it's all on one master server. But it's available to everybody um, yeah. when you sign into your Plex account. And I, I think I, ha- I gave them those to put on there for everyone to watch. Okay. But yeah, I mean, we were kind of raising um, my 19-year-old. Um, she's, it's kind of awesome. Um, she thinks I'm dumb because I'm an old adult and she's 19, so she hasn't gotten the memo that she doesn't know everything yet. Uh, God bless her. But um, she comes to me for music, you know, uh what what are good albums? What are good albums? And so she's she's gotten into my you know the stuff that I listened to in the '90s and the stuff that I'm listening to now. But the 11 year old, our youngest, Madison, she um she likes Gem more than most cartoons that are out now. Um, she only likes really new wave music. She doesn't like a lot of the music out today. And she will sit down and watch any movie with us. And so, I mean, she's watched all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're kind of the same way. There's not a lot that comes out today that catches my interest. I know we're in the the glut of the superhero nirvana for cinema and all that now, but, uh-huh. um, you know, that's more like having a candy bar every once in a while, entertainment-wise, for me. So, I mean, both of my kids, they're... They're into stuff that their peers are like, huh? When, <laughs> when they get asked um, what they like. And, you know, so me and my wife, we've been able to hold on to a little bit of what we liked through them and sharing it with them. It's been pretty cool. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you've got an 11 year old girl in 2017 who'd much rather go watch Gem or some other. Silverhawks or Bionic 6 or something <laughs> from the 80s than, you know, whatever's on today. I don't even know what's on because she doesn't want to watch it, so <laughs> I'm kind of out of the loop. That was that was my hope with Ollie. Uh, I have my old cartoon collections, you know, Turtles, yes. uh, Captain N, the Game Master, Sonic, different stuff like that. But he's his favorite of the old stuff is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Which, which is cool. Good uh, taste, man. Uh, but he also really likes Curious George, the new stuff, which is okay. 
Um, and Daniel Tiger, which I don't care too much for. I don't even know what that is. It's like <laughs> Mr. Rogers, after Mr. Rogers' show, um, after he passed away, they made a kind of a cartoon tribute to him. So it's really? about Yeah, it's about his characters, you know, that he had in his backyard. Oh, the land of make-believe stuff? Yeah. Um, But it's a full-on cartoon. It's cute. It's pretty young uh, for a young audience. That's why, you know, it's hard for me to enjoy it. But but I'm super stoked that Ollie likes cartoons because my wife doesn't care for cartoons so much. So now I'm catching up with all this stuff that I haven't been able to watch and movies and whatnot. Right? <clears throat> having a kid is the perfect excuse for never having to let go of the stuff that you loved. Yes, it is. Because it's always like, well, you know what? They, they're they're going to inherit my love for this, so I, I'm going to relive it. Uh-huh. With the qu- air quotes of, no, I'm showing them what used to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. Though. I actually had... Um, well, let's see. I, I'm you know a huge comic book fan, so I've had... Eric and Julia uh, Luwald, they were the showrunners for X-Men, the animated series. Uh-huh. I've had them on a couple times. Oh. And they worked on the Disney Afternoon, which led to us talking about that for a little while instead of X-Men on one of the episodes. And that led to me having um, Tad Stones on. And he was the creator of Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck. And oh. Yeah, like... That was, I sounded like a little kid through most of that episode. Um, but he was saying with the new DuckTales that they've, this like opening season for the new DuckTales, um, they've teased a lot of the Disney afternoon shows, if not at least appearing in the new DuckTales, um, maybe coming back. So there may be on the horizon a new Darkwing Duck and a new Rescue Rangers. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be really awesome to resurrect the Disney afternoon. I the miss new cartoons Duck like that. Great. I watched a couple of the episodes. Um, I kind of, you know, fell out with it. Like I said, you know, you, you get busy, and it's not a big on my to-do list to watch. Uh, I remember they had the big premiere week where they ran the first two episodes or one big long episode uh, for 24 hours straight, and I liked that. And I've caught an episode here and there. But, um, yeah, he said that they, they definitely teased at least Darkwing Duck being alive in this new universe and that there may be some of the other Disney Afternoon stuff coming, too, as they go forward. Excellent. So I'd love to see some of that stuff come back. I'd watch some new Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck in a heartbeat. Gummy bears? Uh, you know what? I'm surprised nobody has touched that again. That's one of the first theme songs I ever memorized. I just kind of, like, I don't remember anything specific about it. Um, must have been a little older. I remember I mean, the, the bad guy had, like, a mustache and wore, like, almost like n- the under armor of a knight, like the uh-huh. under armor chainmail of a knight, and that there were goblins in it, and that the grandma sounded like she smoked too much. Yes, yeah, so I remember the grandma's voice. <laughs> right! <laughs> But, yeah, that, that was actually one of the first theme songs I think I ever remem- memorized, that and the DuckTales theme song. <clears throat> and, I mean, but, see, I grew up on cartoons. Um, 
I had a little black and white TV that my parents let me have. No cable, but this little black and white TV where everything had to be hand-tuned, and the screen was literally like the size of probably an iPad. Uh-huh. Now, but, I mean, it that it was every Saturday morning cartoon. It was when I got home from school. It Yeah. I haven't had anybody from Batman the Animated Series on yet. Um, though those are some that's some dreamy guest stuff for me. Yeah, that's Batman that's a the favorite Animated series. Oh, yeah, I tried to get um, you know Madison into that one. It may take a little longer for her to get into than some of the other stuff. Uh huh. You know, but yeah, that I think. Was, I think I would struggle to get Ollie into it too. He he's more into stuff that's making goofy noises or lots yeah. of action going on that to keep him into it. it. Really, it was just this last year that he started caring, watching a show more than five minutes. So I got gotcha. you with the attention span. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, if it's if it's faster paced and has things making goofy noises and clobbering each other, then he's all over that. Have you tried some of the maybe first generation's Transformers stuff? I haven't. I own all those. Um, I just haven't put those in for him yet. I mean, that's things punching each other and definitely weird noises. That's true. Through the whole thing. That Uh, is true. Animaniacs. Yeah, that's a good one. I've played that for him a few times off of Netflix. I think he enjoyed that. I love it. I actually got to sit down with um, Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche this year. Um, we did a, a convention in... They were doing a convention in Atlanta. And I got invited to cover the convention um, w- with with the show. And that was one of the things that came out of it was one of the days I brought my youngest up with me um, in her full Captain America cosplay. Um, Rob Paulson was, was finishing up, um, you know, one of the, where they go out on the floor at the table and people stand in line and they can get stuff signed and, and, um, you know, he, they, they were finishing up so he had a free minute. So I said, hey, um, you know, we've talked before about doing the podcast and it was always a thing of scheduling so I figured I'd ask why you were actually here and he was gracious enough to be like, yeah, me and Mo. Uh, Maurice LaMarche uh, he said he's here too um, let us do a panel and then we'll meet you up in the media room and I actually got to sit at a table um, and pinch myself for 45 minutes while I got to well I got to talk to them um, you know and yeah Animaniacs and all the stuff he does now but when he talked I was just like looking at him like you are my Raphael <laughs> You know, like it was, it was that. It it wasn't the how cool it is to hear him do voices, and yeah, he was on Rick and Morty, and that's awesome, and everything else. It was he'd start talking, and you were just like, "You are Raphael, like that's my favorite Ninja Turtle. You've been my favorite Ninja Turtle since I was like seven years old." That'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, so she. I mean. Animaniacs, definitely Pinky and the Brain. But if, if, I mean, if he likes, you know, action and noises, I mean, Transformers is, 
And it broke my heart. I tried to go back and watch some He-Man. And I don't know. It just didn't hit this time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the animation style, which was honestly really cheap. Or the fact that not a lot of He-Man makes any lick of sense whatsoever. Yeah, I felt I I felt that a little bit uh, going back and trying to watch um, Thundercats. I think it just wasn't the story. Just was really, or the writing was so poor. Like it just, I don't know. I think like as it, adults we can see them for the toy commercials that they were. Right. <laughs> In a lot of ways. It just it was hard to get through that. But, I mean, that's what Transformers was, but yet Transformers was still fun to watch. Still cool. Yes. And it still is. Um, yep. There's some pretty dark storylines in there for a kid's show. Uh-huh. Sometimes. I remember, I think every kid, you know, 80s, 90s kids, has the memory of watching the Transformers movie for the first time. And just spending the first half hour of that movie being like, what's happening? What's happening? Why are all the Autobots being savagely murdered? <laughs> and then they kill, like, Optimus Prime in the first third of the movie, and you're like, did I do something wrong? Is this, like, the version for the bad kids? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, but, um, you know, it's he'd probably like that, though. I think so. It'd be worth a try. If anything, you get to watch Transformers. Yeah, I wouldn't be complaining. No, not at all. I've tried to watch some of the stuff they've done after. You know, I know Beast Wars got, like, really big. Um, I couldn't get into it. There's the, They've got Prime, Transformers Prime or whatever is on Netflix, and they went back to being the vehicles, but I just... I don't know. They, they, they kind of lost something, I guess. And then you go to the store, and you look, and it's every Transformer's like... New with one touch transformation, and you're like, "What is that?" Yeah, I haven't watched anything past or animated wise. I haven't watched anything beyond, I think, Beast Wars back in the day. See, I tried to give that one a fair shake, and I couldn't. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, and and that was back then too. I haven't retried, but I remember being like, "Oh, they're bringing Transformers back, awesome!" And I was a lot older. Uh-huh. You know, when, when they did, and I remember watching it being like, oh, no. <laughs> Just like, oh, no. My wife wants them to bring back a show called Star Blazers. Huh. And the only way I can find it is on DVD. And because even, even sites for that, like, stream stuff that you haven't thought of in years, where you're like, oh, man, we're going to watch all of this. They don't have it. And they've got the series, but, I mean... Because of the rarity, not kidding, like even on Amazon, it's like 60, 70 bucks per like DVD thing, like per storyline or whatever. Oh. So I know she's wanting that one to come back. Star, what was it again? Star? Star Blazers. Star Blazers, huh. It, it was an anime. It was a Japanese cartoon that came over here, I think in the very early 80s, maybe late 70s. So it was like pre pre macross pre okay. pre battletech pre voltron I mean it's really cool. I mean you can find like the opening to it and stuff on YouTube like little snippets and stuff but she wants that one brought back really bad and I'm like 
I don't know. It's really obscure. Maybe it's obscure enough where somebody will be like, hey, let's make Star Blazers again. Or maybe it's obscure enough where people are like, nah. But, I mean, I, I tried to, like, I tried to get her, because she does so much for me when she knows I love something, that I tried and I showed her the prices and she was like, don't you dare. <laughs> Try to be sweet with this cartoon series, because I will kill you if you spend that money on it. I think uh, <laughs> a show like that for me is Samurai Pizza Cats. Yeah. I haven't looked. I haven't looked recently, um, but for a number of years, I tried to look to see if you could get DVDs of it or whatever. And I can't remember if it was just not ever available or if it was just astronomical like that. But I'd love to go back and watch that. I I thought the show was funny. I want I want to see Future Cops again. Future Cops. Huh. Fighting crime in a future time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't find it anywhere. That's the I think I just knew it as Cops. They changed the name. It was called Future Cops I think when it first came out. Okay. But the tagline was always the same, the fighting crime in a future time. But yeah, they yeah. changed it to just cops, which was really confusing. Cause yeah, I watched that one a my lot. Friend, my friend got so into it, he had all the action figures. Ah. And yeah, so like, I remember watching that show. I'd like to watch it again as a grown-up, because I remember it wasn't very, like, kiddish. Uh-huh. It was pretty serious. Yeah. But, I mean, cartoons kind of changed. Um... Captain Planet hit, and then everything after that was like, oh, we should be socially conscious. I'm like, no, it's a cartoon. We'll get inundated with that stuff for the rest of our lives. Can we just have cartoons? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. I tried to get into Captain Planet, and I just couldn't. And I'm sorry, but that kid with the heart ring, you are useless to that team. <laughs> like, just get out of the way before you get hurt. Because the oil sludge guy, you know... One of them can burn the oil. One of them can soak it up with the earth. The other one can do this. You're going to show your heart at it, and then they're going to have to wash you like a baby duck when you're <laughs> uselessly covered in oil, and you're going to end up in a Downey commercial for, you know, a PSA on how great Downey is for getting uh, oil off of bird feathers because you're a useless member of this team. <clears throat> But Silverhawks, um, I found, I tried to, I, I'd like to have Silverhawks. Do you, the show only lasted for three months. Can you believe that? Ah, that's, that's nuts. I remember watching that show. Yeah, I thought it was way bigger than that. And no, it only had like a three-month run. And then they pulled it. Huh. Which, there was Silverhawks, and then there was another one. Um, there were some really weird ones back then. I know Brave Star was good. But there was one, I remember the toys being in the store and, and looking at them and being like, that is utterly ridiculous. Um, was Cadillacs and Dinosaurs? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that one? We, like, so, 1950s cars and Velociraptors. It sounds awesome. I mean, on paper? I don't, right. I don't think the execution was done as well. <laughs> But, like, I don't know, there's no real cartoons like that anymore. I, I look around at what's on, and there's, there's nothing like that. Like, even our funny cartoons, like, 
Eek the Cat and Camp Candy and stuff like like there's nothing like that. It's SpongeBob, which is literally can be funny, but they almost they have to go inappropriate to be funny on that because having two kids, I've watched SpongeBob for the past at least thirteen years because I have a nineteen year old and an eleven year old. Uh SpongeBob's been around, believe it or not, since the late nineties. So, you know, stuff like, they used to be good. Ed, Ed, and Eddie was good. The old Cartoon Network stuff was great, like Dexter's Lab and Powerpuff Girls and Samurai Jack and all that. But I loved stuff, uh, Grim Adventures. <clears throat> Which one? Bill, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Oh, my, okay, so the Destroy Us All episode gets quoted in this house still. <laughs> Every single one of us has found a reason to do the Billy Destroy Us All over and over again into the air. So you, our house is full of grown-ups, I promise. That's awesome. <laughs> I love hey, I love Billy and Mandy, but I should probably wrap it up here. Yeah, I could get sidetracked on cartoon talk forever, but oh, I um, do that too. Let everybody know a where they can find the book, b where they can find you, and c where where they can see some of your other you know the short story stuff. Basically. It's your carte blanche to just plug the heck out of yourself so people can find you and enjoy what you've done and what they can look forward to. Sure. All right. Well, uh, Metaphase will be available. Well, it's, it's already available digitally on Comixology and Amazon, but to order a physical copy, your best bet is Amazon. Uh, you could do Barnes & Noble. Those are all getting filled. Right now it says that they are uh, sold out. Uh, but those are going to be refilled again here soon in the next few weeks, I hope. Uh, as far as the short stories that I've done, the If anthologies, those are all with Alterna, which you can also order online or via Comixology, I think. And then the Greyhaven stuff I've done, you'll actually have to go to Greyhaven's website. Um, the exact website, I couldn't off the top of my head, but I think if you Google Greyhaven Comics, you'll find it pretty quickly. And you can buy all their digital stuff off the website. So yeah, uh, finding me might be a little more difficult. I don't do many shows uh, right now. I'm not really planning to do any big shows until I get an, another book out. Um, but I usually make an appearance at Air Capital Comic Con here in Wichita, which happens in November. And that's it. Cool. So thank you definitely for coming on. Um, it's such an amazing approach you took to bring a comic book out to the world that I definitely wanted to shine a light and get to talk to you and send this out where other people can hear it and whatever's going on in their lives. It's something I'm sure that can inspire a lot of people. So, you know, I know we got off track and talked about cartoons forever, but um, okay. I think... I think what you've what you've done is that honestly really important, and I think it's it's a needed it's a needed thing people can have out there. So thank you for your time and willingness to come on, and I'd love to have you on again whenever, man. Well, thanks for having me and spreading the word. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. And have a a great week. You too, man. And have an awesome holiday season. If I don't talk to you before then. Thank you. You too. Yes, sir. Bye. Bye. Later. Later.